Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us and welcome to a brand new episode of the GI Startup Podcast. First of all, if you're listening to this, thank you and kudos for taking the time to invest in yourself and learn about the future of this amazing field. Today, we're going to listen to the second part of our interview with Austin Chang. It's going to be really exciting. We're going to talk about really cool stuff like the roles that he has at Medtronic, his views on the future of the GI field, pathways to medical innovation, as well as some really interesting insight about um, how he decided to go into medical school and GI fellowship. So it's going to be a really cool interview. Without further ado, let's uh, get started with the interview. So Austin, let's get to the more exciting part of this. Let's talk about um, your role at Medtronic. So recently you've joined them as CMO of gastroenterology. Tell us about that role. What, What are you doing over there? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's been a, a huge learning curve for me and an adjustment, but um, I'm slowly acclimating and, and I'm, I'm very excited to be here because, again, I think it's um, my way of trying to, to deliver technology to more patients around the world faster. Um, and, uh, and so helping out with that process really means having my hand in, in a lot of different things. Some of it is probably what a lot of people might imagine, like being involved in clinical trial design and, um, and testing out prototypes and R&D, the types of clinical scientific things that a lot of people might imagine. Um, other things that people might not imagine quite as readily is, you know, I'm now very also heavily involved in the medical education aspect in terms of the programming that's put on, in terms of our support of the societies, um, also in helping, you know, improve the clinical acumen of our staff and our, our sales team, for instance, um, helping out with, uh, you know, making sure that, um, that we have, uh, you know, the right experts on board, also, Um, You know, one of the most exciting parts of the job right now is being involved in business development conversations. So anytime uh, a startup approaches us or somebody has an invention or an idea to be able to learn um, about that idea and see how we can partner, you know, and uh, potentially bring that idea to fruition, I think is super exciting. And and through all this, I've been able to kind of get a little bit of a glimpse into what the next 5, 10, 15 years of GI might look like. And, um, and that's really exciting because I think to see 10 years ahead from now and think about if that's what GI might look like, you know, I think it'll be really exciting. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. And that's actually a question that we will come back to in a little bit. Um, but for now, I, you know, being in this role puts you in a fantastic position and gives you probably a lot of insight to answer one of my, uh, the questions that really keep, keep me up at night. And I ask this question for everybody, almost everyone I meet, but what should the interaction between physicians and industry look like? What should be expected on each side? You know, what should physicians do to empower the industry to create products that are helpful for our patients? And also, what should the industry do to gain and maintain the trust of both patients and physicians? Yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, I think a lot of this stems from kind of what we're talking, how we talk about industry in medical education. You know, I think 
we often have preconceived notions of industry. And I think it's about time that we throw a lot of that out the window. Just because this is a very health, the entire health system um, is very much symbiotic, right? If you're missing any piece of it, this can all fall apart. And the relationship between industry and the physician, I think, was very um, uh, evident, I think, when I was as an advanced endoscopist, because we use these devices and depend on these devices. And um, and I think that that's when I realized that actually a lot of my colleagues are very much involved in the process of you know, developing new devices, evaluating new devices, using them in clinical trials. And, um, and I think it would only help if both sides can understand each other better. And they've for a long time been operating, I think, in different silos. And, um, and the more that the industry portion can, the industry side can learn from physicians, I think the more um, the, the innovation will be able to kind of be streamlined because we're empowered with like the right information and expertise. And at the same time, you know, on the um, physician side, if we can understand what's going on on the back end of industry, it's also, we can be more understanding of why technology takes a long time, why the regulatory processes uh, are the way they are, why if something goes on in su the supply chain, why, uh, why that is happening, you know, and, and not be so um, confused about that. So, um, you know, just seeing health, the health system as an entire ecosystem, you know, even outside of medical devices, whether it's you know, payers and policymakers and, you know, edu the education bodies and students. I think that we really need to look at it really holistically. And, um, and I think that, you know, that's one of my personal goals in this role, because first, I'm the first CMO of the, the GI business here. Um, I'm, I'm one of the few kind of CMOs of companies this scale within our field. And, and I, I think, especially as someone in my stage in career, I owe it to my colleagues and the aspiring kind of gastroenterologists that are coming up to share with them what my experiences are. Because I do see more hybrid careers happening in the future. I see a lot more innovators and entrepreneurs and you know people with ideas who wanna want those ideas to be um, uh, you know to be entertained. And I, I think that you know we talk to our colleagues often and we all know that people have great ideas and sometimes it's just an idea and never goes past that. But if we could really work on some of those ideas and put effort into each one of them, I think that we'd be leaps and bounds, you know, farther than we currently are. So um, I think having a, a more awareness and a mechanism to foster that I think would be really great. And that's something that I'm working on with some of my colleagues within industry now is um, coming together now that I think there are many of us um, who are, you know, who have been in clinical practice, are some are bridging the gap the way I am, others are fully in industry, like how can we all learn from each other and share that with everyone else? I think that's a common goal of ours. That is absolutely wonderful and definitely much needed. Um, and I completely agree with you. I think you know, it, it is a problem at the education level because, you know, medical students do not learn that. It's not part of any curriculum. 
Um, same thing, at least at least with my experience with residency, nobody ever taught us anything about that. And same thing with fellowship, unfortunately. Um, although it is, as you said, it's a huge part of our practice. All the devices we use are made by the industry. Everything we do is made by the industry. And so it's really important, I think, to to better understand that relationship. And I love how you put it about the entire medical field being a, a, an ecosystem um, that is supported by different aspects and different systems. And then um, these should all interact in the best way possible in order to create the best products possible. And, you know, thinking about the best products possible and the best possible value to patients, um, I know that recently uh, Medtronic um, announced that in collaboration with Amazon Web Services and ASGE, they launched a project to provide um, GI Genius or to make it available uh, to um, practices in uh, underserved populations. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a really exciting collaboration uh, called the Health Equity Assistance Program. And basically, you know, health equity is, I think, important and top of mind for everyone right now. And um, I think this coming together um, in this type of collaboration, I think individually, we may not have been able to do this each on our own, but coming together, I think we have a way of um, you know, helping certain underserved populations out. So for those listeners who might not know, uh, GI Genius is the first to market AI-assisted kind of polyp detection device uh, that can be used with colonoscopy. And, and has been shown to um, increase adenoma detection, for instance. And, um, and basically this technology, we wanna make sure that novel technology is still available to, to patients who may not normally have access to novel technologies. So um, Amazon Web Services is uh, providing credits to Medtronic and the ASGE is helping facilitate all of this and helping identify the sites. Um, to, you know, for us to be able to provide the, the GI Genius units too. And we're choosing, you know, 50 different um, units to provide. Um, and, and so the ASG is going to uh, process the applications and it's done kind of independently outside of Medtronic and Amazon. And, um, and based on those applications, we'll see, uh, we'll see where, where um, the units can go. That is absolutely wonderful. And I, I love that it's such a great collaboration. And it just goes to say that, you know, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk, right? It's, it's, you just mentioned that it's a huge ecosystem and everybody needs to work together. And, and you guys, just like you said, everyone by themselves can't do this. You know, Amazon by itself can't do this. Medtronic by itself can't do this. And ASGE by itself can't do this, but put them all together. And you've got a great, 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 um, value for for our patients uh who who are underserved and and you got um, a great project for healthcare equity i I absolutely love that um okay so going back to what you said about um being at medtronic giving you kind of a, a window into the future of gi so if you could give us a little glimpse about what the future of GI would look like, if you had to pick three areas where you think technology will absolutely transform um, our field, what would those areas be? Ooh, three different areas. <laughs> That's a little hard for me to say without revealing too much. Um, <laughs> what I will say, 
What I will say is maybe if I can pick one, I will say that since we were on the topic of GI genius, I do feel like there's a lot of value to artificial intelligence. And, um, and this isn't even something like looking into our future, like I, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but uh, if I can use a reference, the reference of other specialties, you know, say radiology or ophthalmology, you know, other fields have long been using artificial intelligence and machine learning and sort of this sort of, um, these sort of assistive technologies. And, and you know, we're, we're now getting into it, but I think that there's a lot of room to develop on that. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to where that all can potentially go. So I think that's where, um, you know, I'd want to focus on right now. That's, that's really wonderful. And, you know, to put things into perspective, I myself have been learning a lot more about AI and, and basically just the basic principles um, of, of that knowledge, because I, I completely agree. I think it's gonna, it's going to change a lot of medicine, not just GI, but a lot of medicine in general. So since, I'll, also, since actually, I'll add one other thing, mm -hmm. if I can add one other thing, I'll also say that, you know, um, tying in kind of my interest in social media and also digital health, I think that one of the things that the pandemic has also shown us is that, you know, we also have to be creative sometimes in ways to deliver care, even outside of the hospital. And whether it's through social media and these types of forums, um, I think that we're going to see more and more of that, especially as future generations are even more tech savvy and are, um, you know, familiar with these social media platforms or digital health apps and things like that. You know, personally, that's where I, I also, you know, want to continue um, spending my time because I feel like, you know, there's there patients are still going to be using the internet and still exposed to a lot on there, good and bad. And so um, if we can utilize it for good, then that's something that I would like to you know, keep working on. Absolutely. That's, that's really, really wonderful. And I, I'm really excited to, to see what you are referring to when you talk about this, because I know that you're holding some stuff back. So. <laughs> Um, all right. So considering that you have this um, window into the future, let's call it, what kind of um, advice would you have for our, you know, a large part of our audience is, is made up of young physicians, residents, GI fellows, early career GIs. What kind of advice do you have for those folks? I would say tune into future episodes of this podcast <laughs> because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interesting topics that you usually won't get to hear about in your conventional training. And, um, and kind of like to the point earlier about just pursuing your interests, you know, we're not meant to just be one note people. And if you have interests outside of medicine that potentially you can find, you can find a linkage to, what we're doing here in medicine, I think that there's um, potential there. So, you know, keep exploring that. And if you have an idea, you know, continue to pursue it and talk to other people. And, um, and uh, you know, despite it being kind of this sort of innovation being a, a relatively newer topic in some ways, although it's, it's weird to say that, I, I think, you know, there are some great mentors out there within our field 
um, many of whom you have already interviewed versus, you know, probably will be interviewing. And, um, and you know, some of those people have also been personal heroes of mine. So, um, so you know, it's a small field, all things considered. And, um, and I, I'm glad that we are able to kind of talk more about it now, share those experiences. And um, I'm, I'm glad that it's not kind of... Um, seen in a different light as much as it was, you know, in the past. That's, that's absolutely great. I, I love what you said about, you know, reaching out to mentors because a lot of people are timid, but it, you'd be surprised how, I mean, not you, probably you've done that, but a lot of people, I was personally surprised at how nice uh, some of these people are um, and how super helpful they can be. And it, it really is inspiring, I think, that um, you could be that successful, that great at what you do, and still be open to a complete stranger who just has a, a, an idea and wants to bounce it off you and, and see what you um, say. So definitely, I definitely think that you know, if you are interested about this, in, a, in a certain idea or in a certain field, um, reach out to the people who are doing this, reach out to the experts and you never know. Um, the risk of reaching out is nothing, but the benefit could be great. Yeah. All right. So tell us, do you still practice clinical medicine? Yes. So I still practice, albeit not to the extent that I used to, but I'm still scoping and seeing patients. Um, from time to time, it's a it's a very interesting schedule. So I do have to extend my gratitude to Jefferson for being flexible with me. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I know that this is um, you know not necessarily something that uh, that works you know in other places. But I've been very fortunate that my colleagues are supportive of this sort of an arrangement. That is that's really great, and I I love that you didn't abandon the the clinical world because it's just it, it can give you so much insight and i mean it's extremely rewarding i i don't think i'll, I'll ever be able to leave it but yeah. you know most of us i think most people who would listen to something like this have either considered an academic career or are probably going into an academic career um and when you think about that i i've actually um heard you make that uh, analogy is if if you were a physician scientist, for example, you could easily spend most of your time in a lab doing research and uh, doing very um, a, a, a minute amount of clinical work. Um, and so it's it's okay to do that, um, and you don't have to be in a clinical setting for too long. But don't abandon it. I think that that's a, it's yeah. a great thing that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm currently part-time um, clinical and full-time at Medtronic. And, you know, that was one of my non-negotiables going into this role is that um, I wanted to maintain my clinical experience. So, again, very grateful that both sides were accommodating to this sort of a thing. Wonderful. That is, that's, it's an amazing thing. Was it difficult to get that done? Um, I, w I would say that it, you know, was a very lengthy process, yes. Um, and, you know, I think it's very institution dependent. So I'm not sure, like, whether or not this is necessarily easily replicated elsewhere. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, I think, 
I, I feel like the most challenging part of it probably actually was just internal, like me asking myself if this was something that was right for me, for my goals, um, what I wanted to achieve in life, you know, was this going to be the right move? And, um, and yeah, it took a bit of soul searching to really figure out, okay, what, what is it that brings me joy? What is it that, you know, motivates me in my identity as a physician? So, um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's really where I agonized the most was uh, kind of thinking through that. And then once I kind of made up my mind and it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go from here and, um, and make it work. <laughs> nice. nice. That's, that's really great. And I guess, absolutely. If you, if you have the drive, if you've made up your mind, you, you can make anything happen. Um, all right. So moving on, in your opinion, um, when a physician comes up with an idea that they believe has the potential to become a great product to enhance patient care, uh, what pathways do they have available to take the project forward? And how would you recommend that they proceed? Yeah, I think it, there's a lot of different pathways. Um, you know, from my perspective, you know, I think that sometimes I've seen people, again, go through their institution, others who've, um, you know, developed ideas with other teams outside in a startup format, and others who've come straight to me, for instance, and, you know, whether or not the idea is um, at the maturity where we usually, you know, will entertain an idea um, is a different question, but... I think that um, even if we don't, uh, even if we're not aligned at the very beginning, at least we can kind of help guide people in in a certain direction to get the resources that they need to get there. So, um, you know, now that I'm in the position that I'm in, I certainly am always happy to speak to anybody with an idea. Um, of course, we have, you know, some we depending on what how deep the conversations go there are you know um, non-disclosures and whatnot but um but a lot of the time you know at least we can say you know this needs a little more um development on your end before it's something that we usually would um talk about so you know this is these are the steps that are usually taken and so at least there's a little bit of direction and guidance there which I know that for me, before coming into this role, I would have been equally lost. So just having somebody there as a point person to talk to, I think is already like a, a good way to, you know, connect. So again, I, from, from me to the listeners, if somebody has an idea, you know, I'm certainly open to hearing it. That is, that is amazing. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> Anybody has an idea? <laughs> I hope you don't get bombarded with emails, but um, I'm sure that you're going to hear a lot of fantastic <laughs> ideas. I'm certain that you will. Um, all right. So I think that I, I'd love to chat a lot longer than this, uh, but I think we're running out of time. So we'll try to end on a lighter note. And um, I want you to tell us a funny story that has happened to you on your journey. Oh, a funny story about my journey. Um, you know, I, I would say that even the decision to go to med school, even though it was in the back of my mind at the very beginning, was not an obvious one for me. And um, part of the 
reason why I decided to pursue med school was, you know, I had assumed that I was pre-med and had all my friends were pre-med and we took a bunch of classes together and they all collectively decided to take the MCAT one summer. And so I decided, all right, well, you know what, I'm going to take it too. And if I do well, then I'll, you know, keep on with this path. And, and these were people that I trusted. And I think that, you know, ultimately when I ended up doing okay on the MCAT, I, uh, I thought, okay, well, this is it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to commit to this from here. And, and I think that that's just one story where, you know, I let kind of my surroundings help determine where I needed to be because the same thing happened with GI. So fast forward a couple, couple of years later, I didn't think I was going to do GI even through med school. I had no concept of GI and really no desire or interest in the field. And it was through this path of, you know, exploring a million different specialties and thinking that within internal medicine, I was going to do home critical care and then interventional cardiology. And then finally, one of the biggest determinants of why I went into GI, despite all the usual reasons, like, um, the technology and the procedures and, you know, the subject matter was the fact that I noticed all of my friends were going into GI. And so I thought to myself, wait a second, why are all my friends going into GI? And again, I kind of, that's when I more seriously considered it and looked deeper into it and um, spent more time, you know, learning about it or rotating on relevant services and whatnot. And, um, and that's really how it came about. And many of my you know, academic colleagues around the country are those friends from residency, um, which is really great to see how, you know, where everyone ended up. But, um, but I think that that's just kind of, again, if there's a theme to this whole uh, episode, (laughs) it would be keeping an open mind and kind of, um, you know, being open to, to things that may come your way and just, just paying a little bit of attention to, that those external factors and not getting too caught up in one um one path and uh and ultimately that's where i found you know um you know my 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 way and who knows you know i'm still keeping an open mind i'm still trying to figure out you know okay where am i going to take this and what's the next big thing and you know all those usual questions and um and so I guess that's my motto for life is just, um, you know, keeping an open mind for everything. Keeping an open mind and keeping great friends. (laughs) I realized that people are so key. I think that we often are so focused on the science and the medicine. And one of the big lessons that I've learned so far, um, kind of stepping into this new role is the importance of interpersonal relationships and, and that cannot be undervalued. And um, and in medicine, I think that we all, you know, could, uh, I personally, I should say, I can't really generalize to everyone else, but I could always do a better job in, in um, cultivating those relationships. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. I, I think that that's a great story. And I absolutely love how, I have to say, I think I'm so happy that your friends led you down this path <laughs> i would hate me too <laughs> i would hate to hear a different story <laughs> but i think that just goes to show um how you know keeping great friends can actually uh, be really really 
a great thing. Okay, Austin, thank you so much for uh, being here. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I hope that we'll have you again soon for um, an additional insight, because as you said, the learning curve is very steep and you'll have a lot more to say, I think, um, in the future as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that concludes our interview with Austin Chang. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us and leave a review. It will really help us out in creating additional content. Until next time.